Hello and welcome to Fusion International Film Festival podcast. This is Dan and it's my pleasure today to introduce writer, director and producer J.R. Polly, if I said that correctly. Yeah, it's Polly. Polly. Perfect. Uh, you've joined us all the way from New York and we were introduced um, by a mutual friend, Rebecca, film festival doctor. So thank you for joining us. And how have you found, I've asked this question to a few people, the world's changed a little bit in the past yeah. few months. Um, how's it been for you with the creative juices and projects that you've got going? Um, well, the project, the main project that I have right now is Marcus, uh, which we premiered at the Miami Film Festival uh, about two days before they shut it down because of COVID. Right. So uh, when the film festival launched, there was no, I mean, COVID was just starting here in the States and uh, there was no uh, thoughts of shutting anything down. And it spread so quickly that uh, we, we played on the second night and two nights after they had shut down the entire festival. So we, we got lucky to play. Yeah. Uh, but, but since then, it's kind of just been a waiting game. You know, it's just, you know, festivals left and right uh, have been pushing back till 2021. Some have gone online. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I really didn't think it would be the only festival I'd be present at. <laughs> and so far, seven months later, uh, that is exactly what's happened. We've just kind of... Uh, we're all in limbo. My... It's crazy. So we're, all, we're all in limbo. It's this It's this element. I mean, we were set to... We, got our, we run four a year, as you might be aware. We got London under our belt in February. And all of a sudden, we're just thinking, ah, oh, this is like a bad storm. It'll be over in a few months. That's what everybody thought. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah, that's what everybody thought. Uh, you know, we started applying to all these, uh, uh, submitting at least to all these festivals that happen in October and, and, and November, thinking, oh, by October, this would be long gone. Yeah. And here we are, you know, knocking on October's door, and we're, uh, we're going to be a part of a few festivals coming up uh, in the month of October. And they're all either online. A couple are struggling to uh, to make that last minute decision of going live, but it's all dependent on the state they live in, uh, whether if they're opening up theaters or not. Um, I'm just hoping right now to be. There's nothing like watching a movie with the audience. You know, uh, I, I love the online stuff. I, I feel like it opens up to um, to such a, a large uh, community around the world or around the area, at least. Yeah. Um, it's easier for people to get to, but there's nothing like getting that in-person reaction from people uh, during the Q&A when people realize where the movie came from, when, the, when people, you know, actually seeing their eyes, whether if they're affected or not. I mean, especially a movie like Marcus, yeah. uh, it's, it's, you can tell if it emotionally hit or it didn't, you know, and that's what you, you know, you, you go to these festivals for. Uh, and... Yeah, little that I think here we are seven months after premiering the thing. <laughs> I haven't had that opportunity since Miami. And I guess that's what you, you're thirsty for. As you say, you've made this project which was adapted from a short film. Um, and first and foremost, and this is a stage right, we've jumped on this and organised this quickly. Firstly, it's an emo it emotionally hit me, but I've not completed the film yet because I was so busy yesterday and we set this up. So I'm halfway through this film. And firstly, Owen Miller, unbelievable casting. Oh. Yeah, Owen's, this was written, this is a personal story about me, but yes. there was nobody else in mind that I thought to play this role as Owen Miller. And, and we look exactly the same, which is, you know, the, the perfect thing. He looks exactly like me. And I said, Owen, I mean, you know, you're, you're the perfect uh, person, but he, he's very, uh, I've known Owen since 2002. I want to say he auditioned when I was in film school. Uh, he came into an audition. I didn't even cast him. I actually cast somebody else. Uh, and then he, um, that, that other person didn't work out after we've shot days and days with him. So I decided to replace him with Owen and uh, the, the relationship that, I mean, not just professional, not just as far as acting goes, but the, the long time friendship that I've had now for almost two decades with this man yeah. uh, is, is been incredible. And we've worked together many, many times and uh, we kind of just know each other already. You know, it's almost like I, I know how to speak to him. He knows how to speak to me. Yeah. Uh, even even all the the crew on set are ninety um, percent of them were film stu you know film 
students with me in early 2000s. So we kind of just had this entire, you, you almost don't have to say anything and they understand where you are already thinking. It's like a community, isn't it? It's like a community that you've built and you can, yeah, there's no pressure as such. Yeah, but o Owen is definitely, in my area, the t in my opinion, the top actor. And uh, I was once uh, crazy enough uh, when I, the first festival I was with, with the short film, uh, I was asked a question from uh, during the Q&A saying, why did you cast a black lead? Which took me off because <laughs> I didn't expect that question. I never thought of it as a, you know, oh, I cast a black lead. Yeah. And this came from a, 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 a black actor himself. Right. And I didn't even, I didn't hesitate. I said, listen, I didn't cast a black lead. I cast the best actor best I actor. knew. Yeah. And, and that was it. It wasn't a, it wasn't even a question. I didn't even audition. I just called him and said, here's a script. You let me know if you want it. And um, he almost didn't take it because it hit too close to home for him. Right. Uh, so he, he literally, he confessed that months later saying, listen, I, I did not, I was going to turn this down because I, I didn't think I could prepare myself for something so close. And, uh, and he did a phenomenal job, you know, so he, he's, I'm very happy he took it, the short film. And then obviously we uh, developed this into the feature. So that's always something that I find interesting. Uh, we see filmmakers that have scripts that come to our festivals and then come back as completed films. How did you find the process of adapting? Were you doing it at the same time, the short film and then almost molding for the feature? No, uh, funny enough, I had a, another feature that I was developing and uh, my agent basically said, hey, uh, you want to direct this, but you haven't done anything in a while. Uh, I had gotten sucked into reality TV uh, and I've been doing a lot of reality TV shows, uh, right. real mean camera guy or DP. And, um, and I basically said, all right, just give me, give me a couple months. Let me, let me create a new short because he wanted to package me as a director and people were going to ask, what has this guy done? You know? Yeah. So um, I had to come up with something because everything I had was a few years old and it looked kind of dated. Uh, so I, I, one night in the shower, literally uh, two in the morning, I was going through some really, I mean, I, I suffer from mental health uh, issues and I was yeah. going through a really bad moment. And that's where the, that's, all the ideas, all the thoughts going through this man's mind um, in the short were, went through my mind in the shower. Right. And, uh, and we're, when I came out of the shower, I it took me about an hour to write this thing. Uh, it was two in the morning, so I waited to the next morning. I handed it to my wife who read it, and she was in tears. And then I immediately sent to Owen, and we are like, this is what we're doing. So this short film was shot just to kind of show what I can do um and you know to develop this other feature there's a proof of proof of concept really wasn't it It was a proof of what you could do not even it was basically a proof of what i can do but not as a proof of concept because i never thought i would make this into a feature um i we ended up going to film festivals uh the first two we ended up winning best of show in which i was shocked i, I you know you test the waters you, you don't want to spend a thousand or two thousand dollars on festivals and then be rejected by all of them so yeah. I, I i tested the waters and said to uh two of them and we immediately won those two which kind of took me off guard and so i started submitting to more and little by little people were asking saying they want to see more they want to see more they want to see more and my other feature ended up get hitting you got extremely close to the fine with, with a, a financial partner uh we're looking for a higher budget and it like at the last second the door closed on us Oh. And I got so frustrated and I looked at my, uh, my producer, Jose, and I said, listen, um, I, I can't just keep waiting. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 40 soon. I need to, uh, I need to do something here. So I decided to write the feature for this film and we made it, we made the short for peanuts. Yeah. So I'm like, if we can go ahead and, and I can come up with the same strong character based uh, story uh, we can make this for practically nothing. The production, the production quality is so good. I mean, I've, oh, been, I've been speaking you. with people and they say, you can make a film look a million dollars with little budget and yeah. the style and the feel of what you've created and that, so I'm excited to see how the film finishes and even more so, I know the personal element that it's basically you're telling your story. 
which yeah it, it is it is uh the the, the short was 100 percent my story uh when i developed the feature i ended up tapping into i have five uh friends of mine on my phone right now uh that that all committed suicide um and i haven't deleted them obviously and i kind of i knew their story obviously i, I spoken to their girlfriends or their wives or, or their parents uh, and I knew um, all the situations and the scenarios they were going through uh, when they decided that this was enough. And so I took that between their stories and my personal story, and I kind of meshed the feature film version of Marcus. Um, so, so all the scenarios and the situations this man gets into and the conversations he has was had either by myself or one of these other people. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, when, when I was writing this, I really was just set out to have an open conversation with the audience through the film, because that's key. I mean, that mental health is such a big thing in this, in this whole entire world. And it, and it doesn't really matter what, what sex you are or what race you are, or where you came from. It doesn't matter. It, it affects so many people and so many people are scared to talk about it openly. And I wanted, and, and, and I've been dealing with this for many years and my wife, you know, she's been with me forever and she knows how to talk to me about it. She knows how to handle it. And I wanted people to understand that it's not just something you're going through. It's something your entire family has to go through with you. Yeah. And, and how do they speak to you and how do they tiptoe around the situation when you're at rock bottom, you know? And, and that's, that's what I wanted to really get through on in, in this feature film. Um, at very least, you know, I wanted to make it entertaining. I wanted to touch people, but I really wanted people to come out of this going, all right, so now I've got a little more of, you know, if you've never dealt with anybody with mental health and you don't suffer, you know, you know from it yourself, um, you, sh you should at least have some kind of uh, sincerity now, you know, to it uh, after watching. So that's, at least that was my goal. That's the thing. Do you find it? easier to talk about and i don't want to delve in because i don't want it to be too personal but it's something that side of it where you see a lot of filmmakers that are creatives and they're all happy and they're out there and they're just splurting their creativity in different mediums do you find it easier to talk through the medium of film about your personal issues or is it something which you can openly discuss um it wasn't something I, I openly discussed uh, before. The short film and the Q&As I did with the short film throughout the, the country and all these festivals we went to uh, really just uh, kind of got me out of that hole. Like, I, I can openly discuss. And, and most of the times at festivals that I, I attend, even in Miami, when I attended the Miami Film Festival, I told the, the, the Q&A person, I said, listen, I will open up. I no longer hide anything. In fact, uh, my mom was attending that festival and my mom didn't know I dealt with this. She was the last person I told mostly because she had so, you know, I'm her fifth child and just, she has so much going on that I didn't want to worry her. And I, I didn't want every conversation from here on out with my mom to end in a, is everything okay? You know, I wanted to have yeah. a regular conversation. I didn't want her to yeah. constantly be thinking about this, but I knew she was going to be at this film festival. I knew I don't hold back during Q and A's. So I definitely, I, I didn't want her to find out in the audience. So a week or so before the festival, I, I, you know, broke it down to her and I told her what I'd been dealing with and she took it phenomenally. I mean, it hasn't changed our relationship. She has been awesome about it. Uh, but yeah, ever since the short films, as I, I, I kept, I, I kept going through all these festivals and all these Q and A's and I'd open up and many organizers would come up to me and go, this is, that was the rawest, q and I've ever had. I mean, I would break into tears sometimes depending on the, the converse, you know, the question. Yeah. Uh, I, I really never held back um, just because at this point, why? <laughs> why should I? I've already put myself out there in this film. So why would I hold back, you know? No, you shouldn't be able to hide from it. I mean, I don't want to delve down too into the morbid, but it's quite relevant right now. But I don't know if you've seen a story circulating of the 33-year-old that on a Facebook live last week. I mean, yeah. what, hey. and, 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 and they're trying to stop him. They're, they're trying, cause they don't want to have that on Facebook. Yeah. I, yeah. I, saw, I read this uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. It's um, I've, I've seen the footage and it's something which is to talk about the mental health that someone get into that stage and then using this platform of the digital media to end their life 
it must be tough. And this is the thing, like you said in your uh, bio about Marcus, if you can just change the mindset of one person at a time to be more sensitive to mental health and not just dismiss it someone can get frustrated if they buy the wrong pasta or something because it's because it's a big deal to them i've suffered from anxiety um and even right now with the festivals because there's that level of unknown i'm the sort of guy that likes to be in control of what's happening and because this pandemic's happened i was meant to get married to my uh, last two months ago and that, that got taken away from me and all of a sudden now it's these issues going no, this isn't fair, but that's, it's all relative. It's not to the level of where Marx's character and you've gone through. And it is about managing that uh, slowly, I guess, and it being a process. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a roller coaster and you have to strap in and, and, and ride the highs and, you know, ride the lows. And, and, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that don't have someone who to ride with, you know. And in my case, I have numerous people. You know, I, I, I share my, my wife with every, every, everything I share uh, with my wife. She understands where I'm at and she's really ready to go. She sees where I'm at my low. Um, being a part of the edit of this film was awful. It was one of the worst moments of my life. Just watching Owen get deep into the emotions I had been dealing with uh, was just, it's basically like watching my life, you know, on, on video and, and or on yeah. film and it's, it's terrible. So she would see me come out of the editing suite and she would see my eyes and she would see that this was not a right place. So she was ready to go. I mean, she would be ready to go with movie tickets. You know, let's go see a comedy. Let's go see someone. Yeah. Let's go see a ball game. We'd go yeah. to a baseball game. You know, we'd go wherever. She, but she was ready to take me out of that moment almost immediately and distract me. And that's a big word. I use distraction all the time. I even use it in the film. Yeah. Um, distraction to me is something I've realized is, is, is probably the best form of, of help. Uh, it's always used as a negative word, distraction, but it's, it's, it's such a positive word because you got to keep your mind busy. You got to distract. I mean, I've been locked up at home since February uh, here. Uh, yeah. it's mostly because February we had a baby, uh, oh. and a month later we got shut down. Everybody got locked up at home. Why is it still crying? Why is it crying and I can't leave? <laughs> it, it's like, you know, it, it, I'd already been locked up for four weeks prior to that. So. Yeah. But um, I've literally redone a massive portion of my home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, I've redone, remodeled two bathrooms. I've done so much that just to keep my mind busy, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's just distract yourself with whatever it may be. And this is, in the States at least, they, they just brought back sports uh, recently. Uh, and that's a big thing. I mean, everybody was against it because they were worried about, you know, these players getting, you know, uh, testing positive and whatnot. But... Uh, for the mentality of people watching and people needing that two or three hour escape watching a game, oh, basketball, baseball, it's huge. It's it, it, it it's a big thing. So, no, but absolutely. but but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh you know it's it's definitely something that needs to be spoken about. And and the other the other thing is in the African American community, it is not spoken about ever. And that no. was something I wasn't. Uh, aware of until I cast Owen and I cast Keldrick. Keldrick is the, uh, the passenger in the, in the passenger seat of the car when he, you know, all, the whole time, every time he's driving the car Yeah. and Keldrick uh, suffers from mental health and, and uh, uh, issues. And he immediately told me, listen, in my community, we can't speak about this. Like this, you're, you're, you're known, you're looked down at, you're alone as you're, yeah. you're looking, you're looked at as a lesser of a man by because you're coming out with your feelings and so that's a big problem it's a big problem in in the hispanic community i'm hispanic uh so it, it is a big problem there you're looked at you're not looked at as a man you're looked at more more like oh you're too sensitive and uh, and it's not it has nothing to do with being too sensitive it's everything to do with something you are feeling yeah. and something you have to take care of if you wear your heart on your sleeve i mean society baffles me to be honest like yeah. I I find it crazy the developments of technology and the way these people that you don't know, these trolls online that just simple things they can do can change everything. And the one thing that I always say right now in COVID, and you mentioned it, people need that escapism. They need a comedy film. Right now, yeah. the world needs to be full of 
say just positivity if it's in the form of art or if it's just going out and having that distraction and that escape um from what is yeah a tough reality for everyone and it's it's ridiculous that people say oh men shouldn't cry or show their emotions no i'm like you show your emotions you wear your heart on your sleeve and that's how it should be i want to go back to the start how did you begin what was your first foray what age were you when you picked up your first camera or what's the first film you saw that made you think man i wanna i like this how do i do this uh, good question. I, I have not been asked this, funny enough. Um, I, when I was a kid, my mom used to take me to the Dollar Cinema. So the Dollar Cinema, which was a drive to get to, because uh, we couldn't afford, you know, I mean, we, she was doing well, but she was very, she had five kids. So she was very like, okay, I got only a lot, this amount of money. So she'd take me to this Dollar Cinema. So we'd be watching two or three month old movies at the time. Uh, and we would go and she would basically watch her movie and I would watch mine she would normally mostly because she you know i was maybe eight or nine and i remember sometimes i'd get away with something like under siege which had you know graphic nudity in it and i'm a nine-year-old sitting by myself in this theater watching this but i remember one of the first films i saw that i actually chose her movie to watch it with her so we didn't separate was last of the mohicans that was one of the first movies i remember this was not a movie for technically a nine or a ten-year-old let's say uh, but I was so deeply moved by it and I was so into it. Um, so, so it, it definitely comes from going to that dollar cinema and watching, um, all these movies either by myself or with my mom, uh, you know, that, that build me up into it. And I remember I would just collect all these VHS tapes and I had like a, almost like a, like a rental store in my house and my sisters would always come into my room and grab my son. I used to get so upset because they never took care of it. It had to be perfect <laughs> condition yeah. and they'd always throw the sleeve over there and, you know, they were, so it, it upset me all the time. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I was always, I was always into movies. And then when I got to school, when I, when I graduated high school and I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to be. And um, I just started taking regular classes, core requirements, and about a year and a half in, uh, my producer now, Jose, was going to a, a, a you know, fancy university. I won't even mention which one it was. But he was studying film. And I had no idea that was even a thing. And I sat there and I said, and this was about 99, probably 1999. And I sat there and I said, that's, that's a thing? You can study film? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly what I need to do. So I looked into my school and my college and I said, and they had a program and I was like, well, jumping right in. So yeah. that's, you know, about, yeah, I was about 20 at the time uh, when I, you know, uh, switched degrees and I got into uh, film and I met my DP in my first film class, uh, the DP on Marcus. Uh, and I met most of the crew and the script supervisor was also there. Uh, so there's tons of people that I met and that are still in it with me uh, making movies. And uh, so, yeah, that's how, that's how it all started. I, I know I was uh, my favorite movie of all time was Braveheart. And I'll tell you, it's Braveheart. And I know sometimes people these days are they, they knock it. They say it's not accurate. Uh, but the emotional ride that that took me, I mean, the first hour, you're just you're kind of in awe by this love story. And then there's even comedy, you know, some comedy in there. Uh, yeah. And then there's amazing action. And that whole revenge story and then the way it ends and then it's just, oh, it's phenomenal. And I think that's, that's one of the movies that I always look back at going, well, that, that's a movie that got me in this, in, this, in this world. Yeah, That's the thing. You want to be able to look back. And interestingly enough, I was always interested in business, but I always remember when my dad would rent films and he'd come home with four or five VHS. I'd be like, oh, what's this and what's this? It was all the films of the 90s. So it's a similar path. And when I was then studying, I took film studies because I've always liked English. So I'd done film studies and then that finished with my uh, secondary school. I then went on done my degree in filmmaking. But I didn't meet the people like you did. Over here, it's different. I didn't meet those connections. It was all who's trying to be top dog and it wasn't the supportive community. Right. So when I left that, I then started as a journalist um, and moved around in different fields before I then landed in the festival circuit where I could then use my love of film 
and my love of the industry and people. So I now live vicariously. When you're telling me I went to film school and now I make films, I'm going, damn you, that could have been me. Because I... <laughs> funny, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I just had a bad moment mentally a few weeks back because I got a, I got known, I, I got, I saw an article of a guy that I'd known uh, for a while and he just signed a massive deal somewhere. Uh, to make you know with an agency and, and and one of his movies got picked up and I'm sitting here going I've seen that movie and it, it was okay it wasn't like you know so I sat there going why what's the difference because I haven't I, I he went to a prestigious film school and that's and 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 about three weeks ago I, I'm always asked film school or no film school you know do I mm -hmm. all these kids come up and they say do I go to film school or do I just pick up a camera and start making movies and my answer to that is always pick up a camera and start making movies. I mean, you learn just as much. On, I've learned way more being on set than I did in film school. Yeah. But three weeks ago, my, I mean, my, my thoughts on that changed because if you can get into one of the top five or ten film schools in the country, that's what you do. Because right. it's almost like the gatekeepers have opened up already at that point. Because you, just by being in that, it, it, I never thought a school or a diploma from a school can help in this field. But... The, the people you you meet there the the connections you make are all already in the industry they're agents or soon to be agents let's say or they're soon to be producers or soon to something and it blows me away because i i went to a very no name like you know community type college and uh and there were no connections like that and i know people hey listen i i met barry jenkins last year and when I met him, I found out we went to the same middle school. Oh, really? And I was like, are you kidding? And he was mentioning the same friends I had. And we're sitting there going, are you kidding me? We went to the exact same middle school, but we didn't know each other. And his first words were, why don't you go to FSU, which is Florida State University. It's one of the best film schools around, which is the school he went to. And I right. said, no, you know, I, I stuck around. I stayed home and I went to the community college. And, and this was a year ago. And after three weeks ago, I sat here going, man, that's, he was so right. I mean, you know, listen, I, if I had left, I wouldn't have the family I'd have now. I understand. And I wouldn't have the, the connections. I wouldn't have met my current DP and all that. But for an 18 or 19 year old kid trying to get into film, if you can get into one of those major NYU, UCLA, USF, I mean, sorry, USC, um, if you can get into some of these major schools, man, it's like you're already light years ahead of most people trying to get in. I think that's totally accurate. Again, what you said is resonated with me. I had the choice of go, going off and finishing my degree at a top, say it's not a top university, but a proper university. But I was in a relationship at the time and I was living at home and it was all easy. And I went, no, I'm just going to finish my degree here at the equivalent of the community college. And I did it. I was like, I've got my degree. And then it's what you put into it. And now I started off and I worked as a journalist for, for nothing as a volunteer thinking if I can get into that might I be able to get into news broadcasting and then work your way in and that was that was back in 2006 to 2008 but you look now and go the birth of YouTube and social media it's that balance pick up a camera and people can be creative I've seen films on the circuit shot on mobile and they're really good but yeah no it, I mean you're totally right and listen I, I'm not saying you can't make it without going to one of those schools uh, there's been thousands and you know hundreds of thousands that have made it in this industry like that uh but it'll be much more of a struggle it would definitely listen i've been at it for 20 years and i'm still trying to break through with this you know very very low budget independent film um so it, it's still it, you know and again i'm not saying there's no format here you can go to you know nyu and still spend 20 years trying to break in that's for sure but um but when you look at all these you know, Ryan Coogler, for instance, you know, the Black Panther director in Creed, and, you know, he made his first film, Fruitvale Station, you know, because of contacts he made at NYU, which was Forrest Whitaker, you know, and that basically launched this man's career that went from you know, Fruitvale Station, a $2 million film, to Creed, to Black Panther. <laughs> you know, it's one of the biggest yeah. movies of all time over here, you know. It is that transition. I've been in talks with, um, a, you might be aware, the 2013 film Frozen Ground, Nicolas Cage and John Cusack. The director and writer of that, Scott Walker, he's, I think on his credits on my IMDb, he's got like nine films and a lot of them are in production and they're small, low-key, sort of R-tier indie films. And then he's got this film, which is Nicolas Cage, Vanessa Hudgens, John Cusack. 
It's now top, I believe, because I saw him pr promoting it on Netflix in the USA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and now he's got Hollywood reps coming back to him. And you're like, that's that one. Everyone's waiting for that one nugget, that one project, that, that one sleeper hit uh, to give him. So talk to me about your views and opinions on the business side of the industry, the harsh reality. Have you had a lot of experience with? Yeah, I mean, the harsh reality, you want to talk business? All right, you're going to get into a film. Uh, my guys are on a, my crew is on a film right now. It's a short film. 23 pages and it's got a massive budget i mean when i say massive i don't know the numbers but i know they are it looks like they're shooting marvel movie i mean they're in massive studios with green screen and the you know people flying through the air with all this you know stunt is this the one life. with owen in it again no owen's not in it yeah. well, okay. are you talking you're talking about the last one Yes, that one's that one we shot uh, a couple years back. It's been in tons of posts because uh, it's highly special effect um, uh, entailed. Uh, and the director of that, uh, his name's Robert. Uh, he's actually the assistant director on this new film. Right. And and the business side of it is, it's funny how you can you you may not have experience but if you have the funds you can just hire everybody with the experience and you come out looking like a king and i don't want to put the guy down that i haven't seen the i haven't been a part of this film so i have not been on set i don't know how they're doing uh i know they're halfway through production right now so i don't want to put them down but it's it's one of those things where the business side is is simple if you know somebody with money it's not as simple as i'm making it seem but <laughs> talking about it seems simple yeah yeah. yeah. Right. If you know somebody with money, you're in. I mean, you can make a movie. You know, all these actors, they, they, they want a paycheck. You know what I'm saying? So you can get a decent name for a decent amount of money if you had that money. But when you break down the actual business after you've made a film, uh, I've heard, I, listen, my, my movie's a straight up drama with no names. Nobody knows who Owen Miller is yet. Uh, my biggest name is Paul White, who, used, who is a wrestler for WWE. All right. He's a seven show, foot yeah. giant. Yeah. The big show. Correct. Yeah. Um, and he still hasn't broken in when it comes to the film world. Although he does have his own show. He's a, a lead on Netflix uh, uh, sitcom. So he's breaking in and he's get, you'll get there uh, pretty soon. But right now I've got no leads and everyone's asking all the distributors and all the, uh, who's in it. Yeah. First name, first thing they ask, who's in it. Yeah. yeah. When I, when they don't know who I'm talking about, the next thing they ask is what's the genre. When I say it's drama, they're basically hanging up the phone almost yeah. immediately. They're like, yeah, maybe some other film because dramas need names. Uh, if, if, if you're trying to get a, a horror done, you don't need those names. Horror, horror exactly. films can succeed without those names. I mean, we've seen it plenty of times. I mean, it follows. I mean, that's, there's nobody in that film at that time. Um, you know, the actors have gone on to do other things. But when you look at, you know, Blair Witch and you look at uh, uh, Paranormal Activity, I mean, these are no names, but the horror itself carries the film. It's the same thing with uh, a sci-fi or the same thing with a, a thriller. Um, the genre itself can carry. The, so, so basically the business is if you're trying to make a name, a quick buck, let's say, if you're trying to sell this film or you're trying to make a name in the industry, you may want to start with something that's more marketable, something that you'll have an easier time selling without names, especially if you don't have the funds. Yeah. Um, I decided to, Hey, I'm going to make this movie, you know, myself, you know, I'm going to self produce this and, 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 and it's going to be a passion project already. And no one's going to tell me how to make my passion project because I'm doing it myself, you know? And that's the other thing. If you get funding, you're going to have somebody uh, knocking on the door saying they don't like something and you probably have to change it. Um, but this was my story and this is the way I wanted to do it. Now I'm kind of suffering on the back end now, especially in COVID times where yeah. getting it out there is more difficult than I wanted it to be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, business wise, I mean, the, it, when you break it down, it's all about what's sellable and dramas with no names usually don't sell unless you get it somehow picked up by uh, an A24. You know, A24 can sell anything without, <laughs> without names. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's a harsh, harsh business when it comes to that.
No, you're right. I mean, I have this conversation and we have some distributors or sales agents that come to the festivals and the number one thing they say is why, and everyone who's listening to this will hope me say this a hundred times, why are you making this project should be the number one question you ask. And if it's for commercial viability, then fine. But if it's a passion project, like you say, if it's a passion project but someone else is funding it, prepare to compromise because the film itself is a business. If we're thinking of Marcus's route and thinking of route to market, you'd almost consider, as you're saying, drama, no names, but an educational purpose because it does look at mental health. And I think that's a consideration if there's platforms out there that you might have reached to. I think the message is strong. It's it. Thank you. And, and I, I hope, uh, I mean, there's enough, there's a market for this, obviously there's enough people dealing with this, uh, all over the world, uh, that, that can relate to this film. That's the thing, the relatability of this film to people dealing or people knowing someone dealing with this, uh, is out there. Um, and the good thing is, again, we didn't spend a whole lot of money to make it. So we're not, and I'm not looking to make a killing. I'm not sitting here going, Oh, I want to become a millionaire based on this film. I'm not, I want, the most eyeballs on the film. If I can stream it somewhere where, you know, tons of people can see it and have access to it. That's my goal right now with this film. Um, you know, there, there's, I, I'm currently writing two other films, uh, two features that are the higher budget with names and, and, and all that. And, I, and I'm uh, getting into a co-production with people like the big show uh, to, to produce this with contacts that he has and other people have. And um, those will be my more, Hey, marketable selling movies and just trying to make people yeah. laugh and be entertained. Uh, they're more of the, uh, of the comedy, you know, type of, of genre. But yeah, this film right now, I mean, it, it, this could end up being like, uh, you know, like, it, like, it, I don't know. I don't want to say tangerine, you know, uh, uh, you know, or even a whiplash, let's say whiplash is one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, that movie is obviously done with a low budget, much higher than Marcus, but a low budget um, where nobody knew this director. And now this director's gone off and do, you know, to do plenty of awesome stuff. And it's one of those movies that you have to kind of, a lot of people haven't heard of Whiplash still. If you're in the film business, you know what Whiplash is. Yeah. If you're out of the film business, you kind of never heard of it. And somebody has to introduce you and then almost force you to watch it because premise wise, when you try to sell this movie and say it's about a guy who wants to be the best drummer out there and he has a hard time from his teacher. That's not something that everyone's like, Oh man, I'm dying to see that. Yeah. Okay. Let, let me get the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. When you watch it, it's like, you can't, you can't let go. You're sweating. You feel yourself sweating watching this movie. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's, it's a perfect example of anything can be made into a compelling film. No, I think you're right there. One th do you think when you said earlier, like, oh, you're waiting for your break, do you still feel now that almost you're still waiting to arrive in the industry? Albeit you mentioned obviously your age. Is that, and you do you feel under pressure? Is this one of the factors? Do you think, of the without delving too much into the mental health, do you think that being in this industry has fueled your mental health more and had you gone and got an office job or something a little less a little more easy and a little where you could go you know what i'm doing this it would be better if... does that make sense yeah totally, totally um yeah i feel um i'm still definitely still trying to break in to this industry um i've had some good moments i've had some terrible moments uh like everyone does um, when it comes to moving on to something else, uh, it's one thing I can take pride in. It's one thing that I, I, I've talked to my wife, uh, you know, every week pro practically just saying, uh, is, am I done here? Am I done now? Like his mentally, it is abuse. It is abuse. And I just had, uh, an, another zoom chat about two weeks ago with a guy in Florida, uh, who's hosting, uh, who was hosting a, um, a mental health uh, within the film community panel because uh, a, a friend of his in the Florida film community um, had just killed himself and he was a, uh, you know, a crew member, uh, you know, producer. And it's a big thing when it comes to the arts, like, you know, TV or any type of art, music, any type of art, there's a lot of mental health issues there. And mostly because of the, the, the negative responses 
that you can get from something you put so much into. You put your heart into something, and if it's not well received or if it's mocked, and you, like you said earlier, the internet trolls uh, take. I mean, it's hard if you're not ready for that. You know that battle. But one thing I can I can be proud of is my kids. I mean, I've got a ten year old. I've got an uh, well, almost ten, and I got an eight year old uh, along with the baby, and I've got an older twenty two year old, and all of them are constantly impressed by my don't give up and I feel like if I do give up what am I showing these kids you know it's so easy to just give up and and yeah you can find a full-time job doing anything and there's plenty of editing jobs I can probably go get you know but yeah yeah, it's it you can't I've gone I've 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 tackled this for 20 years I've worked within the I mean exclusively like I've paid my bills and I've supported this family working nonstop in this industry and although it, you know, I haven't made the amount of films I thought I would have made by now, by my age. Um, and yeah, I do feel pressure because I'm getting older, you know, and I understand Clint Eastwood's making films at 90, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, I don't want to be 70 and making my first hit film. You know, I'd like to have a, a, a bunch of films under my belt, you know. But I think what you've just said there, some people that are the filmmakers on the circuit of us are part-time filmmaker, full-time lecturer, full-time doctor, full-time lawyer. You've got that blend where, and what does it matter if you come out with a huge film five years shy of 60 or something? It, it, it doesn't matter if you're going to get there. What's great is that you've got the ability to be working on editing, like you mentioned the reality TV shows. Uh, you've been involved in short films, and the fact that you get up to do this every day and kind of your side project is effectively your main goal, isn't it? But you've still got to be involved in other projects to yeah. keep the lights on and keep the heat running kind of thing. So the fact that you get to live it and breathe it, I think is a success in itself. The fact you've made a film is a success in itself. People that just think it's easy and go, oh, I'm just going to go on Netflix. And that's the one thing there which does frustrate me is it's so easy and films are so accessible now. You can sit on Netflix, and I never used to do this. If I started a film, I was invested, whereas now, artwork is everything. Yeah, and I hate it. I I never used to be that guy. I used to be Dan that would be like, right, but all of a sudden now, I see the artwork, and artwork is everything. Again, Marcus, um, want people to have a look at this, check the film out, but the visual, it's great. It's a captivating image. It would make me want to watch it. But I can start watching a film now, and I'm not even 10 minutes in and I can go not feeling this and right. I and and you I, just switch it without a problem and I hate that I've been given that option because I because what is 10 minutes I know it should be the job of the director to hook you but sometimes the hook could come on the 12th minute and I dipped out in 10 yeah and that's something there and this this need for content uh, across the board short films feature films yeah. And, and I'm dealing with that a lot now because I've gotten some sales agents that are like, hey, we love this film. We saw it wherever and, um, you know, sign with us because we can whatever. And I checked their website and they've got 300 films in the lo- They've literally picked up 300 films in the last two years, none of which I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going through them all going, I've never heard of these. And I, I reference and I, maybe this will come and bite me in, <laughs> in the butt someday. But I, I compare them to used car sales. They are trying to buy as many used cars as possible for as little as they can. And then they flip them as fast as they can for as little as, you know, a little profit. I mean, even if they make a hundred dollars per car, they're happy because yeah. they're just flipping them so fast. Yeah. yeah. And, and so every time I get this email and I checked out these websites and I'm, you know, I'm not feeling it mostly because I don't want Marcus, a film that I put so much into personally. Um, I don't want it to be just another poster on some website. You know, and that's the problem. All these films that I'm seeing are just post. You can Google them, each one of them, because I have done this to find out where I could see this film. Can I watch it streaming on Amazon or Netflix or Hulu yeah. or whatever? Or is it in theaters or is it for rent? Can I can I buy it somewhere? And you can't find any information on these films. And you sit there and go, what What are they doing? Is is it going anywhere? Is it going to play on HBO next month or or a year from now? Yeah. You can't find anywhere to watch these films, and I don't want that to happen on my phone. No, they, that's the thing. People just sit on them for a while. I mean, have you thought about self-distribution? A lot of the filmmakers we know are sort of now going, I'm on Amazon Prime, and then 
the one thing which I know you've got as well is the social media because it's it, it costs time. If you want to do some boosted posts, it will cost money, but it's going to cost time if you want to run a Twitter page, Instagram, Facebook for Marcus, generate it, uh, whether or not then there's stars involved. Wrestling fans, check out Paul White, okay, the big show in this film. If you can then get some traffic going to it on Amazon, that's a route I know a lot of people are going down. Um, yeah, we, we've yeah. we've looked in that. We've uh, we've considered it. We do still consider it as a last option. Um, we we don't want to jump to that option without at least exploiting the avenues. You know, um, uh, for instance, Netflix and the relationship we have with you know the big show having a show on Netflix right yeah. now um, that that we're trying to possibly uh, entice them. Um, we like to get this to uh, you know some of the larger companies, the A24s and Neon. So uh, A24, the Neons, the uh, uh, what was 20th Century Fox, you know, all, all these, all these, you know, um, you know, Fox Searchlight, that's what I was looking for. You know, you try to, you know, get to them, get hard nose, you know, um, make sure there's no possible way this would sell there. Because ultimately, those type of companies will give you the most amount of views. And that's all you want is, 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 is getting the most amount of views. Listen, um, self-distribution is there, and especially these days, it's, it's possible. Um, it's a hell of a lot of work that I don't mind doing because if that's, what our, that's our approach. If we commit to that, I'm committed, and I'll do that. Um, but, yeah, you definitely don't want to burn any, any other avenues before you go that route. That makes sense. So final sort of question, what could, could you see yourself doing anything lighthearted or it, because of your mindset is your approach always to be real raw and gritty? Um, funny enough is I've always been a fan of uh, action or medieval type movies, you know, like the Game of Thrones type stuff. Yeah. Um, but lately over my last few years, and maybe it has to do with my growing mental illness, um, I've been sucked. My favorite movies are all movies that are, are heart, like, you know, they, they're, they're about true characters. They're about true type of characters. Um, you know, you, 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 you look at Moonlight, you know, you look at um, uh, Manchester by the Sea, some of these hard dramas that most people are like, man, how can you watch that? But they, they, they captivate me, you know, and I, I just saw um, The Last Black Man of San Francisco uh, a couple days ago. Um, and, and again, yeah, that's on Amazon, I believe, right now. And uh, it, it, it just captivates you, although the, the story is somewhat slow to most people. It, it really does captivate. But I'm, I'm all... You know, listen, 10 years ago, I would have loved to have made Batman. You know, I would have loved to make some of these big films. Right now, yeah. I, I'm more writing from the heart. I feel it comes out easier. Yeah. Even the two, the, the two comedies that I have are, I want to say, you know, dramedies even, because yeah. they do have some real moments. I mean, they have, they deal with, you know, uh, child abuse. You know, they, although it's com it, it has comedy to it, the background of some of these characters are still real life. They deal with a lot of um, hardships. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the feature I was about to make before Marcus is another true story, another um, uh, personal story to me. And it's, and it's very, it's, it's, it's raw. It's gritty. It's um, again, it's got a lot of lightheartedness to it and it, and it, and it ends uplifting. So it's not a, a downer. It's not like it's going to be, you know, uh, you know, you see some of these million dollar baby uh, it had me going all the way and then it just crashed. I, 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 it turned off that movie. It was so miserable. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's not like that at all, but yeah, right now, I mean the next, but I also have a, 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 a fun little horror movie I've got, right? Listen, that, that, and that's, that's why I'm saying when you mentioned, uh, you know, being getting your first hit movie at the age of 60 or 70. The problem I have with that is I've got so many scripts written that I would love to see. You know, I can't tell you. Oh, that's it's, the, that's it's, the trouble, isn't it? Uh, it's depressing to, to know or to think about how many great writers uh, in the history of film have died with how many films sitting in a drawer. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's a, a, a very depressing thing to think about that these pers these people put all their effort they thought they they could be the best scripts ever and no one would ever read them because they're just sitting in the drawer and they passed and they weren't able to actually sell it or get it made you know 
What's more depressing is the fact that films like Catwoman are getting made. That's, 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 that's depressing. When someone's got gold in their drawer and they don't get to see it, and then people are going, yeah, we'll, we'll chuck, we'll chuck some, a couple of million at Halle Berry to make this piece of crap. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it, it really is. And, it's, it, and that's, that's where my... I, that's where the pressure is. I feel like, okay, I don't need to make all of these, uh, but man, I would love to at some point get my, and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll even have it. I would love to at least get to a point where I am a known name as a writer. And then I'll just, you know, if I, on my last days, just tell my wife where they all are, you know, or my kids and say, here you go. Sell one a year if you can, you know, and, and, and live yeah. off that. And hopefully even if it's 30 years after I pass, I'm still getting some kind of credit, <laughs> you know, as a writer. Uh, that'd be phenomenal. Well, I think, I think you've got the name for it as well. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. We know that Marcus has been submitted to our East Europe Festival, um, although announcements on notifications and selections aren't going to be out until later in this month. Um, I have a very good feeling that it's going to be uh, positive news. Your, That'd be phenomenal. <laughs> your your love for the industry and the story that you've told, and I'm looking forward to and post this conversation. I'm going to come back to you with my sort of final thoughts on Marcus. Um, so thank you so much for joining us, and we'll uh, thank you so much. Hopefully, speak soon. Yep, I hope so too. Is is the uh, festival in your in that area going to be online or live? Do you know. Um, it's the location for that one is Warsaw and we're still looking at the current cases in Poland at the moment. So I'm probably going to be making a festival announcement again. My heart wants to do it, but my head says we may need to be sensible, uh, and look, because it's not a case of getting there for us. We travel there. So we'd have to travel through from England, through France, through Belgium, through Holland, through Germany to arrive in Poland and, we then may have to be on quarantine. So logistically, it just might not be possible. It might be a little bit tricky. So, yeah, because I, I, w- I would love to have gone there to get there as well if it is live. But I, now that you're mentioning it, I don't even know if, you know, Americans can travel to Europe yet. Uh, I'm supposed to uh, renew my vials with my wife uh, in Ireland. Oh, wow. June 8th of 2021. And uh, I don't even know if that, I mean, I'm hoping by June, same thing we said a few months ago, right? By June 8th. Yeah, yeah, I'd be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Not sure what's happening right now. So, what? But we're going to finish the podcast there and I'm going to carry on the chat with JR briefly off air. Thanks everyone for listening and tune in again soon. If you would like to get in contact with Steve or Dan about Film Focus, The Green Room or Fusion Plus, head to our website at fusionfilmfestivals.com and simply click on the contact. We are always happy to speak to you. If you would like to be a guest or participate in the podcast, leave us a message about that too. You can always record a comment using the link in our description. Thank you once again.